Welcome to the Raising Them Ready podcast for parents. Here we encourage and support parents who are doing the best they know how to raise their kids to become confident, capable, and kind in an ever-changing and often unpredictable world. I'm your host, Jonathan Katherman. I'm a family man, career sociologist, and best-selling author who believes our children's greatness tomorrow begins with good guidance today. In the fast pace of today's modern family life, it can be incredibly difficult to stick with healthy daily meal and snack plans. With all our stresses and commitments to time and attention, it's often just a lot easier to rely on quick, convenient, and somewhat affordable food options. However, which is a few mindful food choices that prioritize health and wellness, it is possible to create better eating habits for our kids. That's why I've invited a truly top chef of kids' health and nutrition to share some fresh ideas about inspiring our children to become both happy and healthy eaters. Jennifer Reeser is an award-winning director of food and nutrition services in a school district north of Pittsburgh. A registered licensed dietitian and nutritionist, she also holds a certification of training in childhood and adolescent weight management. Not only does she know the secret to keeping your kid from trading away their school lunch, Jennifer has dedicated herself to refreshing cafeteria menus that once served yesterday's meatloaf as today's sloppy joes to now include trays bright with fresh fruit, vegetables, and a variety of flavors only in-house made meal choices can provide. She truly believes in fueling our kids' future by offering exciting meal options that feed young and often picky eaters with nutritional balance across the plate and throughout the day. So welcome to a conversation I'm sure you're going to savor about fresh and nutritional ways parents can raise confident, capable, and kind kids who are happy and healthy eaters. So Jennifer, has anybody ever called you the lunch lady? They have. In fact, my dad said that today when I stopped in to grab my son, um, the lunch lady's here. Another time I was featured in an article for a newspaper in Pittsburgh. And when we looked at, like when you Googled the lunch lady, <laughs> my picture came up. If your picture in Adam Sandler's song, the lunch lady came up, you're in good company. You're in good company. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're a registered dietitian, a licensed dietitian nutrition, the director of food and nutrition services at Grove City School District in Pennsylvania. And that's quite a title. That's a lot, no no pun intended, but that's quite a mouthful (laughs) for a title. (laughs) See why people would call you the lunch lady. Yes, love it. Let's talk about kids and nutrition because we all have to eat and kids are some of the toughest ones in the house to feed. Oh, for sure. It can be complicated. That's for sure. But as a parent of all the things that are, we're responsible for teaching our children, we really need to support our children in developing healthy eating habits at a young age, because without that, as we age, it becomes harder to get people to eat uh, healthy. They are set in their ways, set in their habits and hard to make changes as an adult. Is that just because we like convenient food or is it the way we make food today is just so tasty? Why should I work hard to make it healthy? I think the convenience part, everybody that I know as, as adults, they're busy rushing here, going there. It's easy sometimes to just drive through some of those fast food restaurants and get a meal to go rather than planning or taking time to think about why it's important to feed our kids healthy and make those important decisions and choices for them. I definitely agree with you. I think it's the the convenience, like it's fast. But I don't think there's any parent out there. It's like, you know, I want my kid to be unhealthy and that's why I, you know, feed them fast food or I, everything comes out of a box or a can in our house. No family is thinking like that, but when we have such limitations on time, 
And I even think about our own family, you know, mealtime prep for us probably takes from beginning to end almost an hour. Yes. But we're foodies. So we like that time and we've wrapped the family into that time. So it's not like one person's prepping and everybody else is away. We actually created that as part of our family reconnection time of the day is around dinner prep and, and dinner service. And then of course, eating the meal together. But so many families, I mean, think about after school and getting home from work and between practices and recitals and how in the world can we make eating healthy easier at home? It takes a lot of time behind the scenes. If everybody's involved, like you said, that that's huge. Like if mom is having to do it all, she's going to get worn out. She's going to get tired. She has to do the dishes and do the grocery shopping and lug all the groceries in and prep the food and worry about the yeah, budget. That's not fair. That's not fair. No, it's a lot of work for just one person. So like you, you mentioned your family, you incorporate that hour of time together. It takes the load off of that one family member and can maybe even encourage the family to try or taste new things, come up with new recipes, um, even like creating a themed night. You know, we have a lot of focus on uh, the holidays, but why does it have to just be a holiday? Like my family, they would do once a week, we had like wild wacky Wednesday and like it was themed for um, sports theme and we decorated the table for basketball night and the theme of the meal was themed around basketball or Mardi Gras or creating it and making it more fun and, and getting everybody involved, I think will help them to be more excited to try new things. So like, like everybody's heard of Taco Tuesday, right? Taco yeah. Tuesday. But I've seen Taco Tuesday that is... Um, not the healthiest day of the week to have dinner, whereas right. other homes and have Taco Tuesday and and you wouldn't know that that this is uh, fast service food in the kitchen because the the chicken or the beef or dare I say even the tofu is prepped well and prepped mm -hmm. with fresh ingredients and and so when we serve it all up, it's not like you're just downing a whole bunch of preservatives and sodiums. Right, for sure. And I think one of the key points that families need to be focused on is not really like what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat, and um, but more about like thinking, planning those meals based on balance and moderation. Balance and moderation, like you mean the pizza night on Friday night doesn't have to be three 18 inch pizzas that we all split up and just destroy. <laughs> Right, right. But like pizza night might be create your own pizza. You know, you could buy like different types of doughs or like try it on flatbreads, you know, so that it's not always an order it out night. And then that could be where you're adding new toppings. Oh, we're going to try mushrooms. We're going to try red bell peppers or let's try banana peppers or just creating new toppings that they can make their own and then sampling those all as a, as a family. So if we're going to have a create your own pizza night on a Friday night and we're going to use a flatbread and a pizza sauce that's not packed full of, of junk, but just a, a good solid pizza sauce and some mozzarella cheese. And then we're going to add some toppings. This right. is all this. You can get all these things at the grocery store. Right. Now, is that just me, the the organizer, the, the, the cook of the night going out and buying all that and then saying to my family, this is what we're having? Or how can I include my family in that process? One of the biggest suggestions that I have 
to get them involved in the menu process, I recommend a weekly menu board that they can write on with talk markers and then making sure that they're including all five food groups at those meals. They have grains, that they've got fruit or vegetable with that meal and the lean proteins and a dairy. So you can look at that menu board, take that like plan when you go to the grocery store, okay, hey, we need a vegetable for this night. And then have the kids, you know, helping them pick out like, oh, what do you want to try this week? It's your choice. Oh, there's asparagus there. What about Brussels sprouts? How about sugar snap peas? Like, and explaining to them, like, we need to have different colors involved to make the plate look pretty, you know, really getting them excited about the week. Oh my gosh, we're all involved in preparing the menu. Now we got to look at new recipes. And nowadays there's tons of ideas on like Pinterest and the Instagram. They've got all kind of different ways that you can make or create food. And I think when kids are, are taking a look at that to create the recipe, then they know what ingredients we need. Oh, put that on the grocery list. So next time we go shopping, um, we have it and we're ready to ready to roll when we make it for that night. I like that you've got a night of the week where we're going to do a themed dinner. We're going to involve the entire family in in prepping the shopping list for that dinner. Involve the family in the actual shopping as well. I think that this one's important. I really like it when I see families in the grocery store and kids are learning their way around the outside, the perimeter of the grocery store, which are where the vegetables are and the, the fruits and the, and the, the eggs and the meats and it's not just the center aisles where it tends to yeah. be more the the packaged prepackaged foods. I love to see yeah. families in the grocery store where it's not just riding on the cart or walking behind on a device, but the kids are actually involved in picking out fresh vegetables, selecting the right cuts, knowing what it is going into the menu for the week. And then what about actually in the kitchen time? Let's go back to our, our conversation where we're talking about how that can just fall onto one person. That prep time falls onto one person's plates, no pun intended. How do we get our kids involved in the prep of the meal? When you look at like the plate and what you're going to have and what you're going to serve, you know, we talked about the having balance, moderation, all the different food groups represented. Taking a look at, you know, maybe maybe mom or dad is doing the protein if it's something that needs grilled or cooked or that requires heating. But um, easy for them to make a salad, like especially like the younger age kids. I know my my son is more willing to try things if he is involved in making it because then he's like, well, this is mine. I have ownership and I want to know how good it is. So he'll be willing to sample it. So like a spinach salad with fresh berries, he's washing the berries and, you know, maybe some simple cutting he can do um, or peeling the carrots for the salad. Or if you're just making like a fruit salad or you're trying a new fruit that they can cut up like a kiwi or maybe we have pineapple on the side on the day that you're doing the taco themed meal. Okay, this is making me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) you're mentioning all my favorite foods especially kiwis i love kiwis oh me too now our son wow when he was young we were like now you got to try these tomatoes come on you just got to try it we put it on his plate and said now you got to try the tomatoes he's like i don't like tomatoes we're like how would you know if you haven't tried it well i've tried it well maybe your taste buds have changed (laughs) we gave him all these reasons we (laughs) takes a bite of this tomato and you just watched him just just start to churn like oh we know what's about to happen here. 
let's just face it. Some kids don't like some foods. It's not like all vegetables are a kid's worst nightmare, but there are some foods that even as adults we don't want to eat. Yet I think it's kind of cool when I see kids try something and then make a decision if they like it or not, not just because it's a class of food. I don't like vegetables. Well, that's a lot of food there, all of those vegetables. Which ones don't you like? Which ones do you like? How do we get the ones that you like on your plate more often? And then occasionally try to work in the ones you don't see if maybe, maybe you've changed your mind. Yeah, this is a tricky one. I, I think, I mean, you said it, every family probably has this argument. Um, getting kids to try new things is very, very difficult. And kids don't like to be forced. So it requires a lot of trickery. If, if, if they feel it's their idea, they're going to be more willing to try it. Like we mentioned, like if they're, if they're in the grocery store and you're like, Hey, here's, here's five different choices that we could have for a vegetable for this meal for this week. And then they might be more willing to taste it. One other thing is you don't want to force them to, to try it when they're in that mode where they're not willing. So if you, if you can get them to eat a new food with something that they like, they're going to be more willing to do so. Or if it's at a snack time, I think some of the fun meals that we do at home that my kids really get involved in are like if they're making like a bowl meal or like a yogurt parfait where you can add different fruits or we can try different toppings because um, there's so many varieties with that. And same like with the bowl meal, like you can have different types of grains, quinoa, you can do couscous, you can do, um, you know, the brown rice. You're getting some of those different grains that you could try and then topping it with you know, leftover chicken or different kinds of meats, or like you mentioned, tofu or fish, shrimp, and then adding different types of vegetables on top. But like, I feel like they really like it when it's made to order and that they can make it their way um, by adding different toppings. So again, if you have things that you already have chopped up for the week, especially like your vegetables and whatever, you can pull those out and then just add them to your meals. But really incorporating more vegetables is is a tricky one and you can get them to try it if they're involved in maybe it's roasted try it raw you know when we think about dinner meals a lot of times everything is hot has to be hot but you could do celery and carrot sticks you could do bell pepper strips you know jicama whatever you know you want to try with them. I think it's great to experiment with food. We've done something where we grill peaches. So like we're barbecuing and we will we'll grill the peaches and oh man, it tastes like cobbler. Yes. It's totally different. It doesn't make it better maybe for you, but it's different and it's fun. So to get the kids involved in doing something maybe different and fun when it comes to trying new foods where they had a choice in a voice in in what we're going to eat, but then also now I'm prepping it and how we're going to cook it. I think that's great. You're drawing them in. Oh, the, the other thing I wanted to mention too is, you know, now is the perfect time for them to um, start a garden. They could pick out what seeds they want to grow um, of the different fruits or vegetables, and they could be they can be involved in the process of learning how those vegetables grow. And then they might also be more willing to try new things I remember growing up where the rule was we had to eat all the food on our plate. Ooh. And a few times I I got busted for something and had to eat all the food on my plate plus an extra helping of something I didn't like. 
Oh. Should we use food as a punishment or even maybe, what about reward? I mean, is it okay to reward kids with food or punish them with food? What's How, how does that play? Okay, so the first one that you touched base on is probably the key that is very o- overlooked. Um, it's it, forcing kids to clean their plates. Seems like you're caring about them, like you're worried about them. You want to make sure they're they're getting the food that they need. But it also teaches kids to ignore their fu- like signs of fullness and can also develop lifetime eating when they're not hungry. And it can also even force a child to dislike nutritious foods because they were being pushed too hard or forced to eat those foods. The most important things when when you're teaching younger kids to eat, asking them questions like, does your tummy feel full? And you want to offer age-appropriate portion sizes. You know, when you go out to restaurants and they give you a big pile of spaghetti or all that food, it's distorted eating, especially in America at least. Um, are very disordered. Really important to make sure that they learn to eat and stop when they're full. Um, even if it's a couple bites of each food, they've at least tried it and then and then move on. Um, one thing that I do want to mention is, um, you know, when you're teaching them to enjoy their food and take their time to eat their meal and savor each bite, mm. um, because it takes at least 20 minutes for your stomach to signal to your brain that you're full. So it's really important that, you know, when we're making family meal time enjoyable, you know, for those 20 minutes that they're eating, we want to get the most, the most bites of the good foods into their body so that they can grow. Are you saying slow down? Yeah. Slow down, enjoy the meal, savor the bites. And then 20 minutes, they should be full. And then at that 20 minute mark while you're eating and nobody times their meals, but especially with the little ones, like that's a long time for them and probably longer than, than what they're going to sit there and eat. But you know, those comments like how, how do you feel? Are you, did you get enough to eat? Do you feel full? And the little ones know right away. They, they know when they're full, but we, I think as adults, like when we parents, we want to make sure that that they're eating all that food when we don't maybe as a parent know how much they should be eating the like, portion. Well, the, I think about the reason why we're asking them to finish their plate. It's like a waste. I spent all this time making this food and now you're only eating half of it. Meanwhile, we put too much food on their plate in the first place, but right. now it seems like a waste of time. It seems like a waste of money. And certainly there are people somewhere else in this world that would be blessed to have that much food. But I think that it's great. You have, there's this 20 minute model. And I, I believe in the 20 minute meal also. And here's one of the tools we use that we have a, you can't talk while your mouth is full you know, rule. Yeah. Yet at the same time, it's easy to eat when you're not talking, which makes the meal go faster. So if you're talking, you're also not necessarily eating quickly. So if there's a conversation happening at the meal time, the meal slows down. Absolutely. And if parents are worried, like, oh, we don't want that to go to waste, like, again, save it for another time. Save it for the next day or incorporate that into, you know, a leftover meal. Leftover meals can be, they can be way fun, I'm telling you. Yep. <laughs> when you talk about parents using food as reward, can undermine your healthy eating habits. So if you're trying to teach your kids to eat healthy and then you're going to say, well, 
this is a bad food and this is a good food. Like you're, you're creating labels for food that later on cause disordered eating and eating disorders. Clarify something for me. When you say this is a good food or this is a bad food, is that the nutritional value of the food or you've been bad so now you have to eat this or you've been good and now you get to eat that? Oh, good job, have some cake. Oh, bad job, eat some carrots. Right, right, exactly. Like if um, if you're giving them sweets or, you know, oh, we did a good job, Johnny, let's go get ice cream. You've created that where- We reward good left- behavior with bad foods. Yeah, you reward good behavior with with bad foods. So now you've you've tied that feeling of um, oh, when I do something good, I get to eat a treat. I'll get ice cream, or I'll get a candy bar, or I'll get cookies or cake. You know, you don't want to have that relationship with food because, again, then it's like any anytime you do something good, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a sweet <laughs> or. or or a salty snack that might not be as as healthy. So you've created that good and bad foods where if it's an occasional food, we can eat these foods occasionally. But if we eat too many of these foods, it can be linked to obesity, weight gain, teaching kids that these foods are go. You can eat as many fruits and vegetables. These are a green food. Teaching kids that, um, you know, maybe an occasional donut or ice cream. These are yellow foods or red. You know, you might, you might not want to eat these all the time occasionally. Cause if you're not very physically active and you eat foods like this and then you're full and you're not going to eat the fresh fruits and vegetables and the lean proteins and the low fat dairies and the whole grains, they'll fill up on that faster. And then those will foods that they want to eat all the time. I was rewarded. I was good when I got these foods. One thing we've done is we have tied the treats not to good behavior or bad behavior, but to relationships. In example being recently it was Mother's Day. And yeah. our our son said, I want to go to a pastry shop and get mom some pastries for breakfast. And I said, okay, yeah, I'd be happy. Let's let's go ahead and do that. So he didn't go there because he thought pastries were mom's favorite breakfast. It was, it's Mother's Day and he wants to go out of his way to do something to show mom that he cares about her. And he didn't even know if she liked these kind of pastries because this is a ethnic pastry shop and he had discovered it with a friend and he wanted to share with mom something he had discovered. And if she ate it or not, it was the act that he was offering her, not the actual pastry. Very special. Yeah, something special. And it's not like he's going every morning and just puffing mom with pastries every morning. It's not that at all. He was, this is an occasion that I want to show mom how much I love her. And this is one way I'm going to do it today. It is okay to eat a donut or a pastry or, you know, whatever. Those are fun foods. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, (laughs) I like it. They're fun foods. That's a great way of describing them. I mean, you you don't want to take that away from them, but we make cookies at, um, you know, for the holidays with, you know, cutouts and icing and it's fun to do. It's fun to make them and we give them to our friends and, but we don't do it every day. We can't eat a cookie every day, you know. I think it's very good because you've classified them as fun foods versus an exchange food. When you're good, then you'll get a treat. That would be an exchange, and that's not a healthy way to live any experience, let alone eating. 
But if you're saying this is a fun food, like, yeah, we're going to go out to ice cream because we're going to go have fun as a family. You're not there solely for a flavor of ice cream. You're there because you're doing this as a family. And it's not tied to a specific behavior. If you do this, then I'll take you to ice cream. Because you're right, now we're tying behavior to reward and the reward is the food. So if I do more of this behavior, I'm going to get more of that food. Yeah, for sure. And like parents can, I mean, you may, you may want to offer other suggestions. Like there are so many things that they could do for a reward and not relate it to food to reinforce your good behavior, you know, taking them to the park. You get to be in charge of the radio station this week. You know, you're sick of hearing mom. That's old. dangerous. That is dangerous <laughs> in the car. That is dangerous. <laughs> Maybe for the week they get to, you know, anytime they're in the car, they could listen to the station that they want or extra reading time, or, you know, they get to have a friend over for a play date or whatever, you know, getting them active as well as eating healthy can create some more fun in the household. I like that. Help me understand as a parent, how important is breakfast? Is it what I was told growing up that it's the most important meal of the day and every kid should have breakfast? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Breakfast is definitely the most important meal of the day. Um, Kids need to have at least three meals well balanced with all food groups represented in those meals and then two snacks throughout the day. If not, you know, your teenagers moody, your little ones are crying, they have meltdowns. If you can stabilize their blood sugars throughout the day to even them out by eating the three balanced meals and, you know, healthy snacks, um, that's going to be helpful for sure. So breakfast time should be about fuel focus and if possible, maybe even have a little bit of fun with it. For sure. When our boys were growing up, I got up with them every morning to have breakfast and you know, of course, when they were little, we helped them make breakfast. But when they were in even high school and they were up early because how, how early our school system starts in our district, I would still get up with them and often make them breakfast. And I did it because, not because they didn't know how, they absolutely did know how to make breakfast. I did it because it was time we got to spend together in the morning. And you know, they're grumpy teenagers in the morning. They were kind of easing into their day and I wanted to send them out the door in the best mood possible. So out the door they go, fueled up, focused up, and hopefully we'd be having a little bit of fun over breakfast also. Right. What are some of the foods that we as a family should be leaning into or completely avoiding? Is there anything on the list you said every family needs to have this in their refrigerator or should not have that in their cupboards? You don't want to have strict restrictions against food because remember I mentioned earlier that could cause eating disorders. If you are having that balance and having those foods be occasional foods or fun foods, rather than forbidden foods or junk foods, like you don't want to label them that. Um, I think, you know, as a family, mostly, again, I mentioned balance and moderation and following that my plate, because I feel like that's a great example of what what families should eat and what shouldn't they eat. Half of your plate should be fruits and vegetables. And a lot of people don't incorporate a fruit or vegetable with meals. So, I mean, that would be one amazing change for the family to have a fruit and vegetable represented at each meal. That would be something that every family should eat. Um, Also focusing on incorporating a lot of whole grains in their diets and increasing like your lean proteins, trying alternative plant-based proteins rather than always having 
that steak or burgers, you know, trying new things um, like your chickpeas or adding like those to your bowl meals, different types of beans, um, legumes, and then trying to avoid some of those saturated fats and fats that are found in like the animal proteins. Nothing is forbidden in moderation. I'm so thankful you said that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that that makes mealtime more enjoyable knowing that that this food is not just on the naughty list. But right. if I I can have a little bit of it, it'll be fine, especially if I'm active, right? And I'm watching what I'm eating and drinking on on the other side of the plate, then there'll yeah. be a little bit of that's okay. And and watching those portions. I mean, you, you really have to think about like how much food is is a portion a cup of cereal would count as one grain. Um, so, you know, if you were eating two two cups of oatmeal or whatever, um, you have to think about probably that. Probably not oatmeal. Let's be real. It's probably <laughs> Frosted Flakes or Fruit Loops <laughs> or something with one. a... That's another, that's another really fun one because you could put all those toppings of fruits and uh, nuts and make it make it a, a bowl. So you're, t- you're, you're talking about now back to the oatmeal. So the add fruits and nuts to your oatmeal to make it fun versus just doing Fruit Loops, which is a fake fruit cereal. Yes, for sure. So again, like it's important to make it uh, creative and making mealtime pleasant is, is the most important. This time should be relaxed, happy, you know, talking about your day, sharing experiences. Like you don't want to argue or talk about problems or discipline your children while they're eating because you want them to be able to be relaxed so that they can get the nutrition that they need at that meal. And if you keep it fun and upbeat, that's where you're going to be able to get them to eat or try new things. If you don't give up, I mean, you know, it might be difficult and challenging at first to try to incorporate some healthier eating habits in the family, especially if they've already been exposed to maybe not eating as healthy. Um, it might be tricky, but definitely don't give up and stay focused and keep it fun and relaxed is the most important part. What's your favorite meal in your home? When, when you serve this, everybody's excited. Everybody's excited. They do like the taco meals, but I'll do it different. Like I'll make chicken and then I'll also do like a beef so that they have like choices. We'll do a different rice and then I'll do um, a vegetable that would go with that. We do the pineapple or a fruit with that as well, or like make a different salsa. Homemade salsa is fun to do with fresh cilantro and lime. And then if I have leftover rice, I'll change it into... Uh, like an an Asian themed meal. So if you add ginger, garlic, scallions into that rice with some soy sauce, boom, and some scrambled eggs in there. Now you've got your, your fried rice Asian meal. I can hear some parents just going, you've got to be crazy lady. How do you know how to cook all this stuff? (laughs) And and you know what? I I have felt similarly in, in our life, but the beauty of, of the internet is we are one Google search away from a really great leftovers recipe. Oh, for sure. Leftovers are the most fun to deal with because um, sometimes I'll, I'll go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to skip groceries this week and just get the basics or whatever that I need, like maybe milk or uh, eggs or something. And I've got all this other stuff that I can make. And let's see how long I can go without having to, to buy groceries, um, utilizing everything that we have in the cupboards or in the freezer or in the wherever and and just creating new things but something that erica has done in our home is she introduced mealtime music 
So if you walk into the kitchen while we're prepping mealtime, right? I can hear what we're going to have for dinner tonight. You feel like you're (laughs) in an Italian cafe or you walk in the kitchen, you feel like you're in a cantina. It's just fun to include that in the meal prep. That goes back to how food can not just be fuel or not just help us with focus, but also it can be a lot of fun. Yes, the music is definite. You have to have that. Alexa, play music. And it makes it so much more fun to be in the kitchen when you have um, music and, and the family around helping. You know, dance parties, boiling water, sharp knives. It all goes together. Yes. <laughs> Mix it up and make it fun. It's important, as you said, to bring our kids in the kitchen at all ages. Whether they're washing or they're helping slice and dice or they're actually over the grill or checking the oven, depending on their age and ability appropriate levels, to introduce them to this, this engagement with food in the home as a family will set them up for success, not just today and what they need in their, their mind at school or their body at sports or, or your recital, but also in how do we build relationships, healthy relationships with people around mealtime. Love it. Couldn't have said it better. What else do you wish parents would think about when it comes to food and feeding their kids? I think mostly it's you make sure the kitchen's stocked with a variety of healthy foods and snack and keeping them available like on the lower level so that, you know, when they walk in, it's at eye level. Oh, that looks good. I'm going to have fresh berries cut up or whatever in the fridge um, or the pineapple or, you know, if you can make it more convenient and having um, everything prepped, if you know you have a busy schedule for the week. I mean, we have baseball games every night that we're running. Um, so if you can prep things on, like on a, on a Sunday, you know, um, anything that they can do to plan ahead, um, it's going to, it's going to help you become a healthier eater because you've, you've got it. You've got the menu plan. You've got the recipes. You've got everybody involved. You, you've adjusted that approach where um, we're not going to go, we're not going to go through the drive through here. Mom has the, um, the cooler packed. She made some sandwiches or wraps or um, look at the fresh veggies that we have. And we have some fruits, you know, while they're at the baseball game, give them, you know, baby carrots to snack on or, you know, something that you can simplify to make them excited to eat healthier. That planning and prepping of food for, like you said, the baseball game, as well as school lunches. Like if, lunches. if the kids are taking their own lunch to school, how important is it that they're involved in the, in the lunch prep of their own middle day meal? That's a big one uh, for sure. If they, if they don't like what, what mom has packed, they're, they're not going to eat it. And they may be tempted to trade somebody else for their other unhealthy food. About the whole trading food thing at school. Like if I send my kids with vegetables and fruits and they're going to trade it for cookies, what kid at school has cookies going, I'm, I've got these Oreos. I really don't want Oreos. I'm looking for broccoli. Anybody got broccoli? Who's that kid? <laughs> I don't think that kid exists. I don't think there's I don't think there's any trading vegetables for cookies. That might be that might be a better better. Way. I've got all this really horrible food in my lunch. I'm really looking for something healthy. <laughs> Said no kid ever. <laughs> right. So again, um prepping ahead and getting them to pack their lunch. You know, you want to empower them to to take control of what their food choices are. And I think empowering them by giving them options and making sure that most of those options are healthy uh, for the most part um, can be rewarding. Because, again, like I mentioned before, 
you got to trick them to make make it their idea because if it if they're feeling forced they're not they're not going to be willing to eat that food i have something i believe every parent should include in their kids packed lunch and that's a sticky note and on the sticky note is a word or a phrase or a note of encouragement to their child that day i love that idea it's just simple. They won't eat it, I hope, but or trade it to their <laughs> friends for something better. But well, thank you so much for for talking with us about just healthy choices for kids and nutrition, and just really starting that habit young about a way that we look at and use food. I know there's parents out there that are going to just hear a little bit of advice and say, "I can incorporate that into our meal prep or our meal time, or what do we do with our food after meal?" It's been real helpful, and I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me. To all the hardworking and underrecognized preparers of daily meals everywhere, thank you. May the kitchen in your home, cafeteria, or restaurant be a blessing to the health and wellness of all who enjoy your cooking. Parents, if you're learning from and enjoying this and other episodes of the Raising Them Ready podcast, be sure to also get a copy of the Raising Them Ready book. It's available wherever you buy your print, digital, and audio books. There you'll also find our other best-selling life skills and personal development books and resources for tweens, teens, young adults, parents, educators, and mentors. To learn more about booking me as a guest speaker for your youth, parent, or professional development workshop and about my consulting services, please message me through our social media pages or email me through our website. You can find, like, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Raising Them Ready Podcast and on the website at RaisingThemReady.com. Also, please follow and leave us up to a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions about topics or guests you'd like me to bring to the Raising and Ready podcast, I'd like to hear from you. Contact me through our social media page or website, again, on Facebook and Instagram at Raising and Ready Podcasts and online at RaisingThemReady.com. Thanks again for joining me and Jennifer Reeser for today's discussion about raising confident, capable, and kind kids who are happy, healthy eaters. I think it's fair to say that Jennifer is our new favorite lunch lady. Now parents, go and enjoy the day. Knowing your child's greatness tomorrow begins with your guidance today.